Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Matt Velasquez, the Milwaukee Bucks beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Velasquez has been covering the Bucks for three years, and in that time, he has seen Giannis Antetokounmpo blossom into an NBA MVP and global phenomenon. As the Warriors map out their future, they're intrigued about the possibility of perhaps adding Giannis, either in a trade or as a free agent in summer 2021. How realistic is that? And what will go into Giannis' decision? On Wednesday afternoon, Matt sat down with me at Chase Center to go in-depth on Giannis and what the future could hold for him. So Matt, we're here in the media room at Chase Center. You just got out of a Bucks shoot-around. I know it was one of your few road shoot-arounds this yeah. season, so you're happy about that. Um, everything around Giannis is is crazy, I'm sure. And so I kind of want to dig into what it is like covering the best team in the NBA, which I'm actually pretty well yeah, familiar you know with over the past few years, but specifically the 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 circus surrounding Giannis, his future, as you know, every team in the NBA is already thinking about 2021. Should, should that day come if he doesn't resign next summer, you know, I I think it could really change the whole landscape of the league. I think teams are already thinking about what they would do to free up that type of salary cap space. The Warriors included, there's a vocal contingent of Warriors fans who are eyeing Giannis. And I think this game tonight is going to be, it's going to have a lot of Warriors salivating and thinking of him in a Warriors uniform and just how what that would mean for the franchise. Now, let's let's preface this by saying this is a long shot. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's an understatement, but it's fun to talk about. It's fun. It's fun to think about the possibilities. So you said you're in your your third year yep. on the Bucks beat. Kind of take us through what the past few years have been. You know, building up to this point now where. They're truly the best team in the league. I think a lot of people have them breaking through in the playoffs and finally making the finals. Um, what has this process and this build been like from your perspective? Oh man, it's there's been a lot to it. And like in addition to the three years I've been on the beat, I I got to Milwaukee, helped out covering the Bucks, you know, on a part time basis with the paper uh, back in 2013. So I got there when Giannis got there, and that's when the Bucks were a 15 win team, and they were a mess. And they still had their old dingy practice facilities, still played at the Bradley Center. They had, you know, a previous ownership group. So it's it's been a total transformation over the course of the past like five or six years. Um, from the you know, ownership, coaching staff, new GM, new practice facility, new arena, like everything about the the whole uh team, the franchise has has changed. And you know, a lot of it has to do with the way that Giannis you know, has grown as a player. He went from, you know, six nine when he was drafted and skinny and uh, you know, raw to becoming this like chiseled like Greek god MVP of the league, uh caliber player. Something that like the Bucks I think they like hoped for, like in their like absolute wildest, like unbridled dreams. Yeah. And now they're like, oh my gosh! Like this actually, this happened. Yeah. Um, and you know they've they've done a good job of of building uh, around him. Um, you know there was a time when you weren't sure if it was going to be uh, Jabari Parker or Giannis or you know because he came mm-hmm. in as the number two pick and potentially you know one of those savior type guys that right. you could finally get that high pick. Um, you know, and then he got hurt a, a couple times and Giannis blossomed and you know Chris Middleton became kind of that like you know number two like running mate kind of guy and 
they've just like slowly but surely uh, tinkered with how they were doing things, uh, you know, from a roster perspective, from their front office, their coach. And I think they've finally reached the point where they got everything that they wanted to have. Like they want to have, you know, that roster flexibility and versatility. Um, they want to be able to play in different ways, uh, that all of which accentuate what Giannis can do and what his teammates can do. Um, and so it's just been been crazy. Because like if you told me like, right. you know, back in 2013, like this this team that I started watching was going to become this. And it was right. going to all be around, you know, this, like, kind of scrawny, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, first-round pick that nobody really knew. Uh, I would have thought you were crazy. And, but and the Bucks really haven't had a, a true face of the franchise, you know, that lives up to other faces of other franchises since Lou Alcindor, right? I mean, Michael Redd was, was, was a really nice player. Good, yeah. You know, Glenn Robinson was an all-star. Um, but outside of that, I mean, they had Ray Allen. Ray, Ray, oh, sorry, Ray Allen. I can't. I shouldn't forget Ray Allen. He's kind of a part of that big three that they had. Right. Um, you know, Sam Cassell for a time. Um, you know, and obviously in the '80s they had a bunch of really good teams, but they never could get past like the Celtics and the Sixers, and they 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 just um, couldn't get over the hump. So, I mean, Kareem and, and Oscar, like those are like the gold standards right. of what um, of what the Bucks ever were, and, and they had you know. Like I said, strong teams in the '80s, but history doesn't really remember the teams that right. are re- that are really good but don't make the finals and don't don't break through. And so now, like to have somebody who's on like a an NBA and worldwide like basis in terms of like face and name recognition, like when you hear Giannis, like there's yeah. only one, right? And like everybody, you know, and no one wants to spell that last knows. name or pronounce yeah. that last no, name. Well, I mean, Adetokounmpo is not. How long it, did it take you to to get that down? It, it took me a while. <laughs> you know, that my first year on the beat, I was. Constantly trying to like retype it and make sure to save it like in words, <laughs> so like it would autocorrect if I got it wrong. Yeah. And then even even then, I was saying Antetokounmpo, which is more of the Greek, but I think yeah. the way he says it is more Adetokounmpo, which is uh, truer to the initial you know pronunciation from Nigerian. Mm. And so yeah, I, I think he's okay with however <laughs> it comes out. But, but yeah. it's always fun to see which coaches yeah. do, like try to say it, and like Dwayne Casey will always say Adetokounmpo. You know, another guy's right. just like, eh, Giannis. Like, it's yeah. whatever. But, it, you know, it's, it's definitely a learning curve. Um, so he he's obviously, like you said, become a worldwide phenomenon. What have you seen him do for not just Milwaukee basketball, but Milwaukee is a city, you mm-hmm. know, because people are talking about Milwaukee now. Obviously, Milwaukee is one of the smallest markets in the NBA. It's, it's you know, what, 90 minutes away from uh, kind of in the shadow of Chicago right. in some ways. It's super cold. Yes. Uh, not a ton of. Uh, NBA guys from there. There are some. There's actually two on the Warriors, Jordan Poole and yeah. Kavon Looney. Uh, but um, what what have you seen just what he's meant to that city? I mean, he's totally, like, like galvanized um, the fan base. And I think the, the fan base was kind of there and, and latent. But, you know, he, along with the new ownership, like, they've given the Bucks like, a brand that people want. Like, people now want to come to Milwaukee in the middle of winter to see him. Like it's it's the Bucks, you know the yeah. the whole team is good, but like he's the draw. Like we all <laughs> yeah. know he's the draw. Like if if they had a team that was everyone else on their roster, uh, and they were you know twenty something win team right now and doing pretty well, like people might come, but like he's the draw. Like yeah. he's he's why people you know pay admission and you know that's it's worthwhile. Like pretty much every time you get right. to see him, it's it's great. And so you know people are talking about Milwaukee, and you know you get to see 
Milwaukee in springtime, like right. because the Bucks are actually deep in the playoffs, and you know they were last year in Milwaukee in springtime and summer. It's like that's it's it's a great city. Um, I think everybody would agree with that. Um, at least everybody who's been there. Right. Um, and so you get to see a little bit more of that, and you get to see like this kind of different face uh, of the city, and you start talking about okay, like now they have this new arena, and what does that mean for the city for the state? Um, you know, they're developing the downtown. Um, I don't know if it's, it's easy to sell that, like, especially to the taxpayers in Wisconsin, if you don't have a hope that this team is actually going to be good. And, and right. because they had Giannis, because they had like kind of that core, um, I, I think that maybe helped uh, mm-hmm. because people say, okay, look, this team, they're trying, they're doing something, they're building, they're not just going to like take the money and just put out a bad product. Like they are, are, are growing and, and doing that. And, you know, Giannis has spoken many times over the course that I've been covering him about how much he likes Milwaukee, how he right. enjoys it. It's the only place that he's lived since he came over from Greece. Um, he, he likes that it. It's kind of chill. He's a, he's more of a quiet, chill guy. He, he's said in the past, he doesn't really love like the big cities or, mm-hmm. you know, the attention and all that. Like, he can go to restaurants and people will generally leave him alone because they right. had, a, they had a few years where like, they'd be, Oh, that's Giannis. That's Giannis. Yeah. And they would try and like take pictures and say hi. But once you've had that first interaction, like, you just let it go because right. like you don't want to be uh, a nuisance. And that's, I feel like that's kind of, and like they also want to make sure he's nice. enjoying his time yes. in Milwaukee and, and wants to stay there. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, so he, he's really enjoyed at least you know, by his own admission, he's enjoyed being in Milwaukee and, and the different things the city has to offer. And obviously he spent a lot of time over the summer traveling all over the world to, to sell his new shoes, to play in FIBA, uh, to go back and visit Greece. But, you know, he does spend a lot of time in Milwaukee, too, and I think that people see that and appreciate that about it's him. It's already been a big topic of conversation for at least a year now, a couple of years probably, about his future and what and what could happen. Um, he's still, you know, a while away from a, signing a potential contract extension, which would be, I think, around like five years, $250 million, which he could sign next summer. And if he doesn't do that, <laughs> the chatter is really going to heat up and then everyone's going to be awaiting what happens in summer 2021. What has it been like for you covering just all the speculation and chatter surrounding that? And what has he provided of anything of insight for you? Yeah. So he's, I remember asking him at media day, cause obviously it's just the first time that we have to talk about that. And it's, you know, it's going to be a thing that people yeah. are talking about all year. So I was like, Hey, Giannis, how do you approach, all of that this year and um his response was pretty clear like i don't want to talk about it like he thinks it's disrespectful to his teammates to have to talk about that stuff uh he just wants to focus on you know the kind of cliche stuff getting better every day working hard um you know having uh, the best year they possibly can they obviously got the eastern conference finals last year they want to get further than that uh they believe they have the, the team and the talent to do it and so they want to focus on that he wants to focus on that and you know it's kind of interesting because um, right before the start of the season, you know, our, our newspaper, we learned that um, there's this Harvard Business School study and you know, there were quotes from Giannis in there. And, you know, the quotes were saying that or at least he supposedly told them sometime in the spring, they're like, you know, oh, hey, if, you know, if we keep doing what we're doing, there's no place I'd rather be. But if we're underperforming or whatever. Um, then it what was the study exactly? Again? It, it was some part of some Harvard Business School class. Just they were doing the Bucks as like a case study for how to build a successful okay. company or whatever. Um, and he's like, but if we're underperforming or whatever, you know, it's gonna make my decision a lot harder. Uh, and then we talked to him before the first game, you know, at shoot around in Houston. He was like, I never said those words in my life. <laughs> and so that became kind of a That's thing. That's fascinating. Yeah. And so 
Um, and it was pretty innocuous. Like, even if the quote was attributed to him, it was correct. You know, apparently, he says it was not. Um, we'll see whatever happens with that. It's hard to believe that Harvard Business School just, like, makes something up. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, it gets it, – it's kind of just died away. Um, but he – I mean, because they talked to a whole bunch of other people as right. part of the study. Um, but what he said, though, was still pretty innocuous. Right. Like, the Bucks are, are doing well. If we keep doing well, why would I leave? Right. And if things go go sideways, I think about maybe doing something else. It's like that's not, but it was a thing because that's probably the most insight he's provided. That, that's as far as he's gone, or right. at least you know, at, as far as the record says he's gone. Let, let's right. we can we can kind of uh, walk the line of saying, well, I, I'm not totally sure if he said it or not said it. You know, they supposedly have it on tape, whatever. I, right. I don't know, but. I mean, it, it just makes sense, right? Like, if you're the best player in the league, if you're the MVP and your team is a championship-caliber team, like, it makes sense that you'd want to stay. And if your team is ultimately not a championship-caliber team or something does not go well uh, or doesn't seem to fit, which you know, I don't think this has happened at all. Right. Uh, but if that is the case, then, like, then you consider what your options are. We'll have more of my conversation with Matt Velasquez right after the break. So you're in a position as a beat writer where you have to, at least you're being asked to kind of read someone's mind a little bit because there's not a ton of actual information. You have spent time around him. I'm sure you've gotten to know him and, and what he's about and what drives him. So just, you know, going out on a little bit of a limb here, what, what do you think it's going to take for the Bucks to secure him long term and uh, what validity if any is there in in concern that he will leave well i think you know everything that he's always said is he just wants to win like he he doesn't care about the mvp or individual awards or stats or whatever uh he just wants to win and so if the bucks can prove to him that they are as currently constituted are a team that can can win at the highest level whether that means you know i don't know if that means getting to the eastern conference finals again and performing better but not making it to the finals or if it means getting to the finals or it means winning the finals i'm not sure where that threshold is um but you know they need to win and the the big that's the big question like we're, we're not gonna have an answer you know obviously not until like june 30th july 1st when he does or does not because they're going to extend him the supermax like right. they'd be really dumb not to and you know general manager john horse before the season said we're going to give him the supermax and he got fined for it for just saying the obvious but, but it's probably I kind of I don't I don't blame him for no. for taking that fine. Like you want to get it out there as soon as possible. Look, we're not dumb. We love this guy. We'll yeah. do anything in our powers to keep. Exactly. It's like you know, what's fifty fifty thousand uh, dollars? You know, from the Bucks if it ends up leading to yeah. retaining a generational talent. Yeah. It's like yeah, maybe it's worth it. Yeah. And so you know, th- that's that's what he wants. He just wants to know that he's supported. That they are doing everything they can to win because he knows he's doing everything he can to win. So if he's surrounded by a coach and teammates and a front office and ownership and everyone's aligned uh, on the same goal uh, and they can actually execute and, and achieve at a high level, I think that's the most important thing. And that's going to be such a interesting kind of specter cast on these playoffs because Absolutely. if for, or for some reason they just lay an egg in the first round and get upset by the, by an eight seed, which isn't going to happen but if no. it but if it did like that would just be hysteria right because uh there would be just rampant speculation about what that means for Giannis's future 
Yeah, and and it's crazy to think that for a team that hadn't won a playoff series like since 2001, that they just finally got got the Eastern Conference Finals last year. That if they don't make it past the second round this year, like that's going to be considered an absolute like calamity. Like that's that's going to be a huge problem, and it's going to to create um, a very intriguing uh, summer for the Bucks and for Giannis and for for everyone. So um, really for the NBA. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they need to get to the Eastern Conference Finals or beyond that, uh, I think, at least to quiet some of that, um, you know, the, the, the thoughts that people might so have. So it's fair to say these are a really um, – this is going to be a very important playoff run for the Bucks' future. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it definitely is. And, like, yes, like they still have him for another year under contract. But, you know, as we all know, like right. if, if a star-level player does not sign that Supermax extension immediately – there's going to be a lot of conversation and it, yeah. uh, suddenly other teams think they have a chance and, right. and they have a reason to believe it because like, if you're not immediately signing the richest contract in NBA history, that's a pretty clear signal that like you're open to other op- opportunities. Right. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's a distinct possibility that the Bucks do well this right. season, that they get to the finals, maybe win the finals. I mean, they have the best record in the NBA right now. So that is it within the realm of possibility. And Giannis signs Supermax on June 30th, and all the projections and all the right. hopes of all these other teams fall by the wayside. But there's also, you know, the other side of the coin where Giannis might not take that Supermax. And, right. you know, suddenly all these teams that have been maneuvering to try to open up that cap space in the future or try to do whatever they can to maybe lure him away, they all think they're in the race. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be fascinating. And, and the one thing is part of my job this year um, – I don't know if it's made it easier or just kind of simpler. The Bucks haven't had any drama. Right, <laughs> like they're right. 32 and six is at the time we're talking yeah. right now. It's not like things are happening where it gives reason for speculation, like that Giannis wouldn't be happy or things aren't going well. It's like, well, things are, are going really well. The Bucks are pretty much killing everybody they're playing. They lose when, you know, the, the Spurs shoot 54% for three or, you know, Philly has an incredible game on Christmas and played super well. Um, but other than that, like they haven't had like weird losses or losing streaks or right. discontent. Like they've generally been like, ho hum, let's just go win another game. Yeah, and that that you know bodes well for Giannis's future because he doesn't seem to be a guy who likes drama or no. that type of yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget during the the presser last last spring when he got up was asked that question and and got up he was asked that question about his uh i, I don't even know if it was about his future but that story had just dropped yeah about his future right mm-hmm. and he just got up which shows you that's that's a strong signal there like i am not putting up with any bs when it comes to chatter about my future yeah no he he has generally done a good job of like trying to stay away from from all the talk like he, he said in the past I remember last year uh, he would talk about how he would have like family members who would like like remind him not to look at social media to delete his twitter like to yeah. just not pay attention because he doesn't want to like and that was like when he was being talked about as like a potential mvp it wasn't even right. like anything negative or salacious it was like oh man this guy's incredible like he just didn't want to read his own right his own news he didn't want to know what people were saying or at least like have it be like ever present like in his face um it's just i just remember him in indiana last year and the only drama he likes are like he calls like the kardashians like keeping up with Kar- the kardashians <laughs> a drama he's like oh i love dramas i love dramas <laughs> yeah and, as long as he's not in it no exactly he, he likes watching other people and their crazy lives yeah, but yeah. for him he is he's very focused on you know he his team you know how hard he works his family 
um, you know, his girlfriend, he, you know, they're expecting a baby coming up. Like, you know, he's trying to kind of like continue to lay the foundation of his life and do that in like a quiet, like, you know, workmanlike way. And that's kind of how his personality is. And I think part of what the Warriors love about him beyond the fact that he's a generational player is, is he has a little bit of Steph in him. You know, he's, he's a, he's a friendly, nice, genuine person who's rooted in his faith and rooted in his family and Steph, and him, I think, have actually kind of bonded over that. They have uh, the same representation. They uh, People saw them at All-Star last year, chatting it up. They're friendly. Um, I don't know if they're close friends, but they are definitely friendly. And so I think that's been part of the the, the kernel of, of of intrigue with the with the Warriors and Warriors fans is hey you know if he's close with Steph maybe he'll want to come play with Steph and 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 if he decides to leave Milwaukee we can be at the top of the list you know one thing I've learned covering the Warriors is that I'm never going to underestimate Bob Myers he you know orchestrated a very complex sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell got something out of losing Kevin Durant at the, at the last minute which was impressive you know he was able to put together a roster that was probably the best in NBA history. Obviously it helped that Steph was on a bargain contract at the time, but still. So just kind of almost for fun, I I wrote something yesterday looking at what it would take for the Warriors to, to get Giannis. Now there's a lot of what ifs here, a lot of things would have to happen, but if he became available, if he was not going back to Milwaukee, the Warriors on a basic level to sign him outright, would have to get rid of Clay Thompson, which is a big deal. Very big deal. <laughs> They'd have to get rid of Clay Thompson uh, and either Draymond Green or D'Angelo Russell, um, and then uh, some of their key young guys uh, to free up enough cap space to sign Giannis. Now, there's a debate within the Warriors community of is that even worth it? Like, do you want to give up? Clay Thompson for Giannis, um, I personally am of the camp, yes. Now, Clay Thompson is a phenomenal player, has meant so much to this franchise, just not from, just not just in terms of what he's done on the court, but he fits their ethos. He's just about, he represents a lot of what the Warriors are about. So, I, I, obviously, it'd be super tough to watch him go, but you have to understand 2021, he'll be 31 years old. Draymond will be 31 years old. Steph will be 33 years old. Giannis will only be 26. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy to me to like we're talking a couple years out and he'll only be, only be 26. And this is a guy who's already accomplished so much MVP in the league. And 26, you know, there have been studies done. 27 is supposed to be the heart of your prime in the NBA. So he'll just be hitting the heart of his prime in the NBA. And to me, yes, it would stink to lose Clay Thompson, but it's worth it because it can put you in a position to follow that Spurs model and be relevant nationally for years to come because Steph will he'll have a couple years learning from Steph and playing along Steph and then Steph retires and then he's only like 28, 29 years old yeah. and he can kind of lead them into that next era. Yeah. It, do you it, think that's kind of, are you of that feeling or do you think that that's a lot to give up? I mean, it is a lot to give up, yeah. but um, I think when you look at, I mean, the, potential or the possibility or the dream of of Giannis and Steph being together like just their individual gravities like I can't imagine their teammates would ever see any better shots than they've ever like these are yeah. the best shots I've ever seen in their lives right because like Giannis pulls so many defenders and you can't leave Steph right. from three so if Giannis is going inside and Steph's outside like they're gonna have all the odds of the defenders on them 
And like, you could really like open up a lot of options for the rest of the team, whoever's on that team. Um, you know, and you know that Jansen get get his and Steph get his, and like they would get incredibly open shots for everybody else. Um, so I could see how like that would fit and would make sense and be really hard. I I think probably near impossible with how much this Warriors team has committed to Clay Thompson, how much he's committed to them to to separate the Splash Brothers and all that. Right. But like, you know, it's there's there's no there's no loyalties like in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. like you 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 have to kind of treat it like a business and. You know, I, I don't know if they would have if they would do that, but like you could see uh, where they might draw a line. Where they say, you know what, we need to pivot for the future, and we need to take advantage of this opportunity if it if it presents itself. Um, and kind of going back to what you were talking about before with with uh, Giannis and Steph being friendly, um, I would just caution anyone um, who thinks that that might be like more of a friendship or anything. Mm-hmm. Because Giannis has on record many times, and like it's just kind of his, his mentality. Like he does not want to be friends with anyone. Like in the NBA, it's like if you're not on my team, like you are not my friend. I don't want to go to your camp. I don't want to work out with you. I, like he doesn't have that kind of like buddy buddy, um, team USA type situation that a lot of other guys have. Like he he's like the one NBA. Player. So he's not Kevin Durant, is what you're saying? No, he's not. <laughs> and he's he's not trying to link up with people as far as I I know and as far as he's projected. Um, like he, he plays for Greece when he you know plays internationally and like, he's like the one NBA player, you know, yeah. along with even brother. with him, that Greece team isn't great. Yeah. And like, you know, the, I also don't think they use him very well. And I'm, yeah. I would guess you probably agree with that, but you know, that's neither here nor there, but he's not, he doesn't have like the connections from college, from AAU, from being here. And he's like, not trying to make them. He very much like has that like Kobe mentality. Like he used to you know watch and idolize Kobe Bryant and you know, Kobe wasn't a guy who was like, I'm your friend. Like, he wasn't soft and cuddly with his opponents. Like, he wanted to, to like, you know, destroy everyone. That's kind of Giannis's mentality. So, you know, obviously, Giannis throwing down a lob from, right. from Steph in the All-Star game was super fun and cool, and they're smiling and enjoying it. I think he, he, he can embrace the moment because they were on a team. Like, he right. sees that the team was a thing, and right. once that team isn't a thing anymore, like, when things mean something, like, that there are no alliances. There There is, right. like, no... Um, camaraderie, like whatever, uh, on the court. He is, he's like going for blood, like at all. Times. I definitely don't think it's a situation where he would ever like leave to go like play with Steph Curry. Right. But I do think that if he reached a point where he's not going back to Milwaukee, it would help. Right. Sure. I mean, it helps to have some sort of relationship and it, and it helps given what the Warriors have accomplished and what they represent and their reputation as a player oriented organization and all yeah. those things. And that's, that's why, you know, Ramon Shelburne came out and said the Warriors would be the biggest threat in the Giannis sweepstakes if he doesn't go back to Milwaukee. And I think I think there's some truth to that for sure. And if you can, you know, if you're Giannis and all you want to do is win, you would probably want to go somewhere where they've proven they can win. Like where they have an infrastructure uh, in terms of coaching, front office, players that have, have demonstrated an ability to like win at the highest level. So like you would think that, that the teams that have done that, that have either coaches with a pedigree or GMs with a pedigree, uh, or even just a franchise in general, even maybe the the coaching pieces are, have changed. If, if he thinks that there's like an institutional, uh, you know, championship like culture, then like I think that would would probably help. I mean, I, I can't imagine it would hurt. Right. I mean, I I think that, you know. I don't want to like drag the Knicks, but, yeah. but, but like we all know like the situation. Yeah, that in. did not work out so well. And, and it's like okay, like if, if you're a, a free agent who is you know at the top of their game, you know that that Knicks like mystique is gone. 
Right. And so, like, why why would you choose a team that, like, if they had cap space, which they probably will, um, why would you pick their open cap space versus somebody else's if maybe you can find um, somebody who's proven they can can succeed? Right. Uh, and I think we saw some of that this summer like with the Nets and stuff. But um, it, it's all about if it actually gets to that point. So we'll have right. to see. Uh, Matt, I really appreciate you joining. Just for our listeners out there, where can they find your work? Where they where can they find you on Twitter? I'm sure there's going to be people that want to, you know, keep up on Giannis on a day to day basis. So yeah, you no, know, you can find my work at the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, jsonline.com, and on Twitter, I'm Matt underscore Velasquez. Thanks, man. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor in chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at claterno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.